This is Monocle on Design, a show where we unpack everything from architecture and craft to furniture and fashion. I'm Nick Manese. Today's program comes from Copenhagen, where the Three Days of Design Festival has wrapped up. We check out sustainable material specialists Mater, talk to design duo Atelier Axo, and visit the home of designer Kim Greener. All that coming up on Monocle on Design. It's the 10th year of Three Days of Design, which is, I guess, Scandinavia's answer to Milan Design Week and Salono del Mobile. This is the biggest design festival in the Nordics, certainly a coming together of a host of amazing established brands and and emerging brands too. It's wrapped up on Friday. We're recording this before you're hearing it. And the Monocle team has spent the last few days out and about in Copenhagen, checking out the works of, of, of some amazing designers. I'm very happy to be joined by Gabriella Delasanti, a regular Monocle contributor, and Maylee Evans, who is also the producer of this show. Gab, to start, where are we? Yeah, so now we are in uh, Refsalön, which is an area not easy to pronounce for someone who's not Danish. And it's what you would typically describe as a warehouse area, kind of ex-industrial, and it's really booming. I mean, in the past couple of years, it's really been transforming and anything from like, you know, tennis courts to cafes and architecture, design studio. It's a huge food court as well, swimming areas, student accommodation. It's really incredible. It sort of sounds like it's got it. It's got it all. We, we can hear the tennis courts going on in in the background. We're sitting next to a, a brewery. It's really sort of a, I guess, a, a creative hub in the most typical sense of, of what you would expect from, I guess, a changing industrial area. You know, I, I guess there's cheap spaces for people to test out ideas. And, and really, that's, that's what it's become for Three Days of Design, my understanding is. I, I've, I've spent a, a fair bit of time in, in the city checking out the established brands, but we're here in, in this part of the city where there, there seem to be a lot of, of emerging brands showing their work. So is that, is that your impression? And have you seen anyone that's caught your eye, Gab? Absolutely. I come here all the time, even not during three days of design, and it's always buzzing. I've been speaking with Atelier Axo. They're a design duo, and they have been running it for a couple of years now. They do interior, they do their own product design, and they're launching their first cross-country collaboration. So they have collaborated with Italian brand Vero uh, on a cabinet, which looks beautiful. And they have four colors exhibited in this former electricity generator. So it's this big, huge space you see these sleek, glossy designs placed right by the walls, creating this really interesting contrast. So I really wanted to meet them there and see what they're up to. I mean, I've also checked that out. And we're going we're to throw to that piece shortly that you recorded with the Atelier Axo duo. But Maylee Evans, you're, you've also spent a lot of today in this area, in this neighbourhood. I mean, what, what's jumped out at you? I think it's a scale. Um, I very naively thought that I would be able to do a quick look around this this area in maybe an hour um, and was very quickly humbled when I realised how big some of these warehouses are and maybe some of the, the time it takes to traverse between them. But no, I've been checking out some of the graduate designers from the Royal Danish Academy, but I think my highlight is Ukurant. So they are a platform for emerging designers and very interested in experimental designs. We're seeing craft, tradition, pushed to the limit, a lot of interesting uses of textures and techniques on show. I think it's also really key that there is a space that is carved out to offer that 
I've enjoyed this part of town, but it is quite a sharp contrast to maybe some of the more polished and uh, maybe ornate facades that line the Copenhagen streets. Lots of concrete, lots of corrugated sheet metal on, on show over here. So, yeah, it, it just offers a nice antidote. The two can sit by, side by side. We're, we're going to head to the more polished bits of town in a moment, but Gab, you've really nicely set up Atelier Axo there. We're going to hear from its co-founders, Caroline Sillison, and first, Rose Hermanson, who's going to set the scene. We are at Refsaløen in an old transformer station which generated electricity and energy for the whole industry of Refsaløen back in the days. Today it's uh, art studios uh, and ateliers. We are in this space which is very raw. It's concrete floor and old brick walls. It's almost like a concrete church. It's a very beautiful eight meters to the ceiling. When you first see the cabinet, like the main design is that it's not flat in the top. It has like one part of it, the left part is higher than the right part. And it's a very simple thing, but it actually makes quite an impression. And we had a lot of questions about it during our exhibition. When you have these cabinets in your home and this space on top, it always gets like what to do with it and who's going to clean it. And this way we wanted to activate it. Like it's almost a podium in itself where you can put a vase or a book or whatever you want to do, which is also kind of nice that you don't only storage inside, but you also can storage outside. Should we talk a bit about how the collaboration came about between you and Milani's brand, Vera? So they contacted us about a year ago. They've been following our work. And then we actually just met online, as you do these days, and really liked what each other were doing. They all have this philosophy that they wanted to create like a community feeling about the brand so that all of the designers they chose to work with feel like one community and it's friends of friends and we really yeah, tap into that energy. And they're super playful and a lot of colors and we really liked what we already seen that they've been doing. They very gently took us with them on their journey to why Viru has become what it is and what they want to become as a brand. And we just saw a really nice connection between us and them and also in the whole like way of, of looking at design and also they're very much into furniture as objects and as figures and as sculptures in the space and you could really sense that uh, looking into the um, profile. So um, yeah, we thought it was a really, really nice way for us to also explore what we can do in a collaboration with a bigger furniture house. And again, as Caroline said, it was very easy and, and beautiful journey together because it was through conversations, drawings, uh, different meetings where we just met with our ideas and thoughts about the cabinet. You focus a lot on architecture, you do interiors, mm -hmm. but you also do product design like this one. Can you tell me a bit about when you started designing products and about the journey? So I think it was one of our first assignments, which was for a multi-brand store in Copenhagen, where we designed our Ottopuff and our Scarlet David, which was our, were our first pieces of furniture. So it came around as like site-specific furniture for our interior projects. But then we really liked the process and how it was so much fun to develop something in one-to-one -one scale in, a, in another way. And uh, so from there, we just started to do it by ourselves. And then we worked closely with the local craftsmen uh, here in Copenhagen and outside Copenhagen. Some of it we also do ourselves. 
Also, sometimes when you know you have the long processes of architectural interior projects, it's nice to sometimes just do your own things. And it has another timeline, which if we go back to Verrou for a bit, it's also quite nice that they're an Italian brand and they have also local production in terms of that all the furniture is produced in Puglia, southern of Italy. That is also what we really liked about them, mm-hmm. that they have the same philosophy about producing furniture where you're placed so you can go visit your production and have a close relationship with the craftsmanship that makes it. That was Caroline Sillison and Rose Hermanson of Atelier AXO. Monaco's June issue contains our annual art special, sharing what's ahead this summer, which collectors to watch, and bringing you the best of Art Basel and also the Venice Architecture Biennale. The issue contains powerful photos from our report from Syria, visits a piece of iconic architecture in Annecy, and explores the success behind a Portuguese pencil maker. Elsewhere, we check in on three tasty startups and meet the people ditching the day job for life as a Mediterranean farmer. All of this, plus our regular reviews and travel inspiration in Monocle's June issue. Order your copy today or subscribe to get instant access online. Thank you very much for picking up that piece for us. I mean, we were both at, I guess, the the launch of their collection on on Thursday night of Three Days of Design. Is that something that you've seen before? I mean, we are in the middle of nowhere in the context of Copenhagen. We're really on the the outside of the city and it was a, a buzzing energy. Is this common for Three Days of Design? Has it evolved and, and changed in, in the time that you've been here? You know, it's been growing like crazy. I've been living in Denmark for about seven years now. And just imagine just Fuori Salone from Milan, just an entire festival. That's really what's happening here. You know, you have the city, you have, of course, this area just outside of the city, but it's all these design houses, like, letting you into their own spaces. We don't have that traditional big fair outside of the city. So it's all of these studios setting up their own thing, and you're just walking from one place to the other, discovering, and fashion houses are coming in now, people from abroad. We had, you know, Koyori from Japan, and I know there's Gustav Westman from Sweden, big designer coming in. It's really, really becoming bigger and bigger every year so it's really interesting you mentioned Fiore Salone which I guess is the the festival part of Milan Design Week that's spread in the in the galleries around the city and and you are seeing that here I mean I, I was at a show earlier for the brand Mater who had taken over a church in in the middle of Copenhagen uh, and we're going we're to throw that interview shortly so I just wanted to flag that now because you actually will hear some hymn singing in the background yes Mater was showing its furniture but there was also a uh, regular church life still going on I think there's this, there's this beautiful opportunity to I guess showcase design in, in contexts that people are already used to design isn't something that's created in isolation that needs to be shown in, in the trade halls where people are just going to purchase it we need to see it in actual context in you know, the foyer of a, of a church where you might actually want to put an armchair. And I think that's what this showcase is doing. So I'm building this up, Gavin. I know you're familiar with Mater, but have you had a chance to go to church? I actually haven't, but you should tell me all about it. I mean, I know the brand very well. I also did a story about them for Monocle not too long ago. What is it about? 
as you know, they're a brand that really specialises in material innovation. So their, their focus is on, uh, I guess, creating products out of materials that really are doing the, the best that they can for the environment. And they work closely with OEO Studio. They're a Copenhagen-based brand, but they work closely with them both at the establishment of Meta. So the team at OEO actually uh, advised on, on the brand's direction and its values. But they've continued to work with them now in, in the capacity as designers. So for three days of design, Mater and OEO Studio worked together on a new chair made from uh, sustainable materials. And I'm not even going to be able to begin to describe this, but it's it's completely out of post-consumer waste. And the actual piece of furniture looks gorgeous. This is all over my head, which is why I went down to actually try and find that a little bit more. Uh, and Thomas Luque, who is co-founder of OEO Studio and co-designed this chair with Mater, had this to say. This special chair, the compound chair we just did, it actually removes uh, 4.4 kilos of waste and turn it into a, a design object. I want to talk about that object and, and this compound chair. As a designer, I imagine so much of the work that you're doing is also defined by the materials that you work with. Yes. You're working with this new material that may take that, I guess, well, it's been around for about a year. How, how did that inform what you ultimately decided to make? We really wanted to treat it like um, like if it was a wooden chair. So what would we do? What would it look like if it was a wooden piece that we could uh, carve and like really carve by man and and you could feel that the softness, the curvature. Um, so really made it a, a, a designed and carefully thought object. And then working with the material, it has all the benefits of working with wood, but then it also has the benefits of working with plastics, which gave us like total new uh, possibilities. Yeah, of course you can go quite thin, uh, but we didn't want to go too thin either because then it becomes more like a, a shell chair. We still wanted to give it like a, a thickness and a, where we could play. So it more has to play with also light and shadow. Uh, and then we could put in all the small attachments, how to attach to a frame. We're so impacted by what something's made from. Like timber can have a really warming effect. Stone can have a really cooling effect. This is a man-made material that still has an element of, of chance to it. How does that impact it? And how does that chance come through? How, how, do, how is each piece, I guess, unique in the same way that a, a piece of wood would be unique? The material in itself, it's kind of like a laboratory. It's perfectly weighed. So how much uh, of each material that comes in to make one chair? Almost like making a, a perfect bread. So you have like X amount of floor and water and whatnot to make the perfect bread. All the composites of material we put together, which is like perfectly an accurate weight. But then again, how they, they combine together before they are, are, are pressed by the machine is the uncontrollable bit. And that's what makes each chair look unique, where normally when you have like a plastic chair, they would all look the same. What's the appeal for designers in, in terms of working with this, this material? Let's say it grows in terms of its, its reach and more people start to work with it. What are, I guess, some of the, the benefits? As an industrial company, you can remove waste that normally would be a cause of problem, right? It has a really surplus when you think about CO2 and also getting rid of your waste, right? You actually turn it in. So in a corporation, you could actually have your own chair made. Even any given kind of company, uh, company X has this kind of waste and we can make a design object taking their waste and turn it into a beautiful piece that they could actually use in their headquarters or, or whatnot. I, th I think that that is one of the huge benefits. Um, and that's also where the big impact is because removing last amounts of waste from the world. Also, this material, Meta can take it back 
and upcycle it again so it has a continuous life. This chair will not end up and being burned or whatnot. It's actually, it can be upcycled again. What I find most fascinating is that, that the chair itself doesn't look like it's been made from a material that is sustainable. I've seen lamps made out of mushroom leather and they look ridiculous and I don't want that in, in my home. Is the benefit the beauty of it as well or is there something else for the, for the end user as well? Matic is just on a, a level where you can take it from idea to industrialization and I think that's the whole thing, where you can actually turn it into an object where that can compete with a wooden chair or any other chair because of the material itself is beautiful. Maybe it's even a plus in the sense of that it has a freshness to it. Um, there's still a lot of possibilities in terms of adding new colors to it. It's still such a young material and there's still so much potential to explore in terms of Matic. Where it is now, I think it's, it's quite far because I think this product, yeah, I would have it in my house. I'm super, super excited. It was a very, very inspirational process for me. Also because it became more than just um, designing a chair. It has a high degree of engineering as well, so I would call it design engineering. And the time frame we did it was crazy. And I think that is definitely because of the material itself. My thanks to Thomas Lutke there, and OEO Studio and Mater as well. Comfex Summer Issue is our annual travel special. Come with us on a road trip in southern Portugal. Discover the wild beauty of the Italian island of Pantelleria and browse elegant looks that will take you from beach to restaurant. In our hotel special, we'll be off-grid in Andalusia. We'll be discovering the rarefied beauty of a revived neo-Venetian hotel in Capri and we'll be strolling in the Swiss Alps. In design, we'll visit a workshop crafting the iconic German Strandkorb and we'll step inside a modernist forest home in the Spanish mountains. Our fashion pages will journey to Beirut to meet designer Rim Beydoun. We'll crisscross the island of Mallorca visiting ateliers and we'll head to the Aegean and the Athenian Riviera to showcase the chic summer looks that will inspire your holiday wardrobe. Find the beauty in every season and subscribe to four editions of Confect today. Visit confectmagazine.com to sign up. Welcome back to the Monocle on Design, three days of design special. I'm still here with uh, Gabriella Dalisanti and Maylee Evans, but we're going to throw to Maylee Evans now, who's also been out reporting as well as producing this show. Maylee, what have, what have you seen? I think my thread for my time here in Copenhagen for three days has been to try and find events and part of the programme which are away from showrooms. We're going to hear a little snippet from a architect and designer DJ Battle, I suppose. <laughs> This was held at the Christian IV Brew House, where 10 architects and designers were going head to head in a vinyl sound clash. And I think this was really indicative of a design industry that is so comfortable and so confident in what they're doing that they can let their hair down. This feels like the kind of event which maybe I wouldn't see at Maison Yobshay or at the London Design Biennale or or Salone. Like, I can't imagine them being embraced with the same sort of verve and vigour and just great dance moves. That was definitely a little highlight. Of course, the winner. The winner. I mean, a guy who can play Buffalo Stance, Curtis Blow, Manu Dibango. I have to announce that Rasmus Larsen from Silver. 
We're next going to Carl Hansen and Son, where they had a workshop allowing visitors to try their hands at woodworking. They had a workshop there and some apprentices showing you the ropes. And again, just allow visitors to learn some more about hardwoods, what makes them particularly good for certain designs. This is a beach. It's interesting to work with because it's like such a hard work. It has a big tendency to bend a lot. But it's just, yeah, some hard, dense wood. Just brings it out of this very sort of reverential approach to design and actually goes, engage with it. Have a go making something, and maybe that will help you understand what we do a bit better. Uh, that's given us a pretty good sense, I feel like, of the diversity on offer in in terms of you're not just looking at a chair in a showroom. You really are, I guess, experiencing design, which which I think is really one of the strengths of Three Days of Design. It's not a static festival in its simplest sense. It, it really is something that you can get your hands dirty with or you know, maybe get dirty on the dance floor as well. But where are we heading to next, Maylee? What what has been another thing that you've seen that you've been like, you know what, I'm going to get my microphones out and and record something here. So we're going to the home now of Kim Greener, you know, who's worked in the fashion industry for a number of decades, has recently moved into interior design and for three days of design, opened his home to members of the public, ushering them in to look at an exhibition he'd curated called Three Days... One man, ten women, which might sound very risque, but I can assure you is more of an ode to the women who have inspired him throughout his career and also to his grandmother, who holds a very special place in his heart. I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to venture into this show title. I think if my grandmother saw me write that down, I, there'd be some questions and discussions to be had. But, uh, I mean, what appealed to you about going into somebody's home? It's seeing pieces in context. It's not seeing a showroom where every piece of furniture is from the same brand. We're seeing pieces mixed and, and just how someone lives their life, which I think is just more reflective of the way we experience design day to day. Amazing. Well, let's hear from Kim Greener now. As when I work with fashion, I, I like really to please my clients and, 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 and make them happy. In the end of the day, when you close the door, it's their home. So I kind of needed uh, or missed a little bit a Kim project. So therefore, I come, come up with this idea to do, we call it Midjem, which means my home. And that's where we are. We are in my home, an old factory here in the middle of Copenhagen, uh, which are renovated into a proper apartment. On this uh, exhibition, I have focused on women, architects, designers. Most of them are someone I've been working with through my whole career. For example, this is Katrine Raben Davidson, an artist, and two times she painted on the cover of Dansk Magazine. For our 10th anniversary, one of my childhood friends, she's a makeup artist, and five years ago she launched a sustainable beauty line. So that is what is in the bathroom. So all the women are women that have inspired me through my career and uh, I would just like to showcase them. Women have just been a huge influence in my life. My grandmom died this spring, uh, 103 years, and she has really been one of the most inspiring and most important person in my life. So I have something with women. So therefore it made sense. So we call it three days, one man, ten women. We have women who do vases, we have women who do, you know, Antwerp who do curtains. We have a proper artist like Catherine. I'm pointing at a wall base. It's just called Alexandra Marassi, uh, a new one. She also did this mirror. And, and, and there I really see that the combination of art and interior, because you can actually use that vase and you, you can look into that mirror. That has really been the tendency in the last five years where we see interior design moving more and more into being small art pieces. 
In Danish, we have something called brugskunst, which means art you can use. It's actually been a little bit a bad word, but I'm start using it again, because for me it makes so much sense. It is a vase, but it's also a, an art piece. Why was it seen as a vase? Because suddenly you can imagine, you know, everywhere on a little uh, beach village, there was this uh, little store with brugskunst, and it wasn't a nice vase. <laughs> um, but I think the, the word is really explaining the direction which are going on right now, where we are gathering ourselves or living with pieces that art is morphing two things. We don't have, it, it doesn't exist in English that postcons, art you use, that's what it means. <laughs> and tell me a bit more about, you know, your move from fashion into interiors. What have you drawn from your time in the fashion industry and how does that translate into a different yeah, practice? Mm, they are very alike, the two industries. When I do work for clients, campaigns for Hugo Boss and for Echo, for example. And it's the same when you do a private home. It's their home. It's Echo. It doesn't need to be me. It's my level of taste and my experience. So in, in that way, I don't think it's a huge change. And I also think I've always been very inspired by interior design in my private life. Five years ago, I bought a house up north from mid-century. I bought it from the couple who built it in 56. Yeah, so many amazing good details. That house were in all interior magazines. And there are people, people start asking, oh, could you help us, Kim? And you have good taste. And for me, it was really, yeah, a natural transition. I've been in the fashion industry since I was 19, and I don't see myself stop working in the next 10 or 20 years. For me, it's, it's really nice to add now a new industry that I know so well. There are something with fashion, which I love, but there is some... In Danish, we have a word called air castles, stories you tell. For example, a young model, she's on option for a Louis Vuitton show, and suddenly she's like double in price. If you put a sofa on the cover of Monocle, it doesn't become more expensive. <laughs> I'm too old for all that air. <laughs> Can you understand that? <laughs> it's okay. That is what fashion about, because listen... A bag can never be worth that price. It is storytelling, and I understand it. If I'm going to work 30 years more, it's nice to do a little change. Fashion somehow lost its magic because we were over-consuming it. We were over-showing it in interior. There are still this feeling of if you buy something nice, you can actually have it for many years. It's much more sustainable, authentic, and that's just... Yeah, a lure more to me right now. So that's what I'm doing in these years. Not saying goodbye to the old one, but you know, being open for new, uh, yeah, and another industry, uh, new people. I went to Milan for the first time for the fair. Since 97, I've been for Paris Fashion Week. So to go to Milan, I've also been to Milan Fashion Week. It's good to shake things up a little bit and get inspired on new labels. I'm enjoying this little adventure I'm going on. Let's see where it ends. <laughs> you mentioned earlier welcoming people into your own home, how I guess you're able to showcase pieces in a home, in a natural context, rather than it being a showroom or yeah. a gallery space, which can feel quite sterile. That is maybe the bad side to Brugskunst, art we are using. A lot of magazines, interior magazines and also showrooms becomes quite sterile and it looks like a gallery. And that's not how we are living. So I thought it could be fun to open up my home and say, this is actually how I live. This is how a person is living with these items and mixing them up and expensive together with cheap, because that is how we live. No, that's it. You don't buy a whole 
room from one brand. No, no, no. Actually, when I was young, uh, my, my friend's nickname for me was Ikea Kim. So I'm looking for good-looking things. I'm not looking at the price tag. I don't have so much Ikea anymore, but I like Ikea. Kim Greener there in conversation with May Lee Evans. I think that was a nice way to round out the show. I think we've, we've, we've really sort of given a sense of, of what Three Days of Design is. We've got emerging designers there showing in, you know, an emerging part of the city. We've gone to established brand like Mater, who I think is, a, is around 10 years old, and they're, they're showing in the heart of the city. And then we've gone to a designer's home uh, with permission. So you've kind of got this spread in its scale in terms of both brand and company, but also location and, and, and destination. Gab or May Lee, do you have any, I guess, closing remarks for, for what Three Days of Design uh, can give people that both visit, but also for maybe people listening at home? You know, this is going to air after we're all back in, in London. And I mean, you're staying in Copenhagen, Gab. But once we're all back to, to the daily grind of life and the festival's over, what are some takeaways? I really think plan your trip to Copenhagen next year because this is going to grow and grow and grow. So I really think next year is going to be even better. The weather has been amazing this year, so I'm really ready to go for a swim now, actually. Do come here and, and really do explore and go out there. You know, don't stay in the city centre. Go out there, check out. They have an easy-to-use app. Yeah, really go out there and meet people. There's tons of wine, tons of great drinks, mingle. The Danes are friendly in the summer. Yeah, I think to, to second what Gabriele is saying, this is my first time to Copenhagen, first time to three days of design. And I can just say it's been a really warm welcome. Some of the makers I've met have just really blown my mind, A, with their generosity and sort of their time, but also the laid back nature of the city. I found everyone here just seems so relaxed. It feels like it's got all the polish of other design festivals, but just everyone seems so at ease to go from one side of the city to the other. It feels very easy to strike up conversations with people. There's just a real relaxed nature, um, which I'm hoping to take back with me to London. Perfect. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, let's wrap it up here and, and go for that swim. Gabriella Delasanti, thank you so much for, for helping to report and, and joining us on the show. Maylie Evans, thanks as always for your amazing production. I'm Nick Manise. For more design stories, listen to our five-minute midweek bonus show, Monocle on Design Extra, which airs on Thursdays. And if you enjoy print, then do pick up a copy of Monocle magazine as well. It's on all good newsstands now. You can reach me at nm at monocle.com if you've got any thoughts or want some tips for, for Copenhagen. Until next week, bye for now. <laughs>